Shalom mishpocha. Shalom family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people, where the middle wall is separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man, getting ready, Mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, a subject that I have been studying and thinking about lately is a subject that few people talk about. It's called the Day of the Lord. I mean, that's it. That's the final judgment. But there are warnings before the day of the Lord hits. And these warnings, it seems it's almost like the warnings a woman have has if she's expecting a child that it's ready to come to birth. Well, we're in the birth pangs of the day of the Lord at this moment. So I've asked my friend John McTurnan, Uh, to talk to me about what he sees going on. And what really triggered it, John, is um, uh, a month or so ago when the Chick-fil-A incident occurred. Uh, And one man who owns a chain of carryouts made a statement to a Christian publication, I believe in the Bible, in reference to marriage. That was it not anything to do with his business. It's his personal belief. And it caused such an uproar that mayors and leaders of cities, major cities in the United States said, we no longer want your franchise in our city. And I feel that we hit morally, biblically, rock bottom in the United States of America. Now, I'm curious, John, what did you think when that occurred? Well, Sid, it kind of um, stunned me because these were publicly elected officials, like you said, uh, mayors of major cities, Chicago, Boston, uh, Washington, D.C., other smaller cities. Also in Philadelphia, there was a reaction And what they're saying is they don't want God in these cities. And they, because of the conflict between biblical, the authority of the Bible and marriage, which is ordained in the Bible, and the homosexual agenda of same-sex marriage, they're saying to this man, we don't want you and your business in our city. But by inference, it means everybody that believes like him. Um, when pub- I can't think of a time in American history when anything like that ever happened. Now, of course, individuals could say it, and um, maybe some organizations could say it, but elected public officials, it shows that America has reached a really high-level stage of rebellion against the Lord and is rejecting the, the Bible. And when I think of you, John McTurnan, I have to tell you, the vision that I receive is an Old Testament prophet that is uh, like a John the Baptist uh, that is going around 
uh, saying, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. (laughs) And I can see you running around saying, repent, the day of the Lord is at hand. What is going on, if you can put this into words, inside of you, in your spirit, uh, what are you feeling? How long have you felt this? Well, Sid, that's a real interesting question. And throughout my ministry with the Lord, um, I kind of learned, like Isaiah talks about the burden of the Lord, and I've, I've experienced that. I, I experienced it just prior to 9-11. I remember for about a week or two before 9-11, I, I had this heaviness, and I was warning, I was telling people, something terrible is coming on America, and it's right on top of us. But what happened, Sid, starting, I can remember vividly, uh, January 1st of this year, New Year's, when I saw the year 2012, something hit me deep in my spirit, and it's like kind of dread came over me, this, this like burden, but it wasn't as intense at 9-11, but it was constantly there, and it hasn't left um, this entire year. I've got this ominous feeling that something um, dreadful is happening or going to happen to America. And as the year progressed, I mean, we've had uh, incredible drought, record-breaking drought and heat. Our crops are being destroyed uh, all over the country, massive forest fires. We've had incredible tornadoes. And, of course, the economy is continuing to tank. Uh, Let me, for those that aren't familiar with you, John, I want to take you back to a pivotal date in your life, October 11th, 1987. What happened? Well, Sid, that's the day that the Lord called me into this ministry. It had to do, and I remember it vividly because I had just moved to Pennsylvania like a week before, and I was watching TV, and there was a news, on the news it had to do with a huge uh, homosexual gathering in Washington, D.C. At that time, it was the largest gathering in, in history of homosexuals and their supporters. I, uh, I turned, it kind of upset me. I turned the TV off. Uh, I didn't think of praying. I didn't intercede before the Lord. I never even thought of the Lord. Uh, a week later, uh, well... Uh, and by the way, you know what you've just done? You have described the average... I hate to say this, good Christian in America, uh, because at this point, we have been desensitized to, to sin. It's become so rampant throughout all of our media uh, that that's the way most good Christians react. It's not the way they should, but it's the way they do. Okay, so you saw it, you felt a little disgusted, uh, you said, oh, look what's going on, and you went about your own business. Then what happened? Right, Sid. You, you hit the nail right on the head. And then um, it was six business days later, the stock market crashed. The big crash in 1987 when it fell 508 points. But the whole week before it, the stock market went into record decline. So immediately after that homosexual march in Washington, the stock market began to melt down till it finally fell 508 points. And I was watching the TV, and the news announcer, he was literally quivering in his voice, 
you could see his lip quivering. Is this going to be the start of another Great Depression? Is this going to be an economic meltdown? And Sid, the Lord, intervened in my life right there. Uh, he took me back. I had a vision of the week before and watching the homosexual gathering in Washington. He put the two together. And I could hear his voice, Sid, uh, inside me, clear. It was crystal clear. It was, I was having a conversation with the Lord. And he told me that this stock market crash was connected with the homosexual event, that this was a curse coming on the country, that I didn't fear him. If I feared him, I would have interceded. I would have cried out to him. Sid, I fell on the floor before the TV, and I repented. I said, Lord, I didn't know what it meant to fear you. He said that the United States is naked and open before him in judgment for the sin. And that's when he called me into this ministry, and he be, I began to see these tremendous correlations between Gay Pride Day and massive earthquakes, uh, Supreme Court decisions about abortion and earthquakes, hurricanes hitting on uh, you know Supreme Court decisions. Then, in 1992, the Lord showed me the link for touching Israel. As we begin to divide the land, uh, the same judgments were happening. So these great disasters that were hitting America were directly connected to abortion events, homosexual events. But, 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 but wait a second, John. Some people would say, wait a second. These aren't acts of God. The earth is just self-destructing. It's old. Uh, and there are horrible events that happen all the time throughout the world. And, and you're just tying it in. It's coincidental with Israel, abortion, and homosexuality, what would you say? Well, Sid, it's the timing. Um, if I could show 10 the worst disasters ever in American history are connected to these events, like 24 hours. If that's not enough, I could show 20, 30, 40, 50. We have over 100 of the greatest natural disasters, including stock market crashes, that hit America are directly connected to these events. Well, that's good enough for me, I can tell you that. And I am so excited to release to you, we have just done three DVDs. And John McTurnan came to our studio in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, our mentoring center. And the first DVD is America. It's Israeli-Jewish Relationship. Very, very few Christians know from the origins of America why God blessed us. And you're going to get the facts. And then DVD number two, America's fatal mistake regarding Israel. Uh, and it is absolutely amazing. God has given so many warning judgments to America. Uh, every American must, must understand this. The third DVD is the coming day of the Lord. You see, everyone knows about the day of the Lord, but they don't know that the Bible clearly states what nations will destroy other nations, what will happen to countries. We can even figure out what's going to happen to America, what's going to happen in the Middle East. It names countries and people that will be obliterated. Um, and I, I haven't met any Christians 
that have all of this information, as well as John McTurney. Now, short of the Bible, one of the most important prophetic books I know was written by my friend John McTurney. It's called, As America Has Done to Israel. I want you to get these three DVD teachings and the book for a gift of $45. And I'm going to tell you something. If you could read the newspaper a year from today, what difference would it make in your life? Major difference. You're going to read the newspapers a year from today by watching these three DVDs. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. John, I find it fascinating, the original history of the United States of America in reference to the Jewish people in Israel. Very few people know this. It's my personal belief that the reason that the United States of America has been so blessed by God, there are many reasons, but the major reason is the Jewish-Israel connection. Tell me some of that. Well, Sid, I agree with you on that. And uh, we have to understand when we look at the Bible that the major view in the Bible is the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. So when God deals with nations, it's quite often, in fact, almost all the time, how they deal with the Jewish people. So when we take that idea, how God sees things, and we apply it to American history, it's really astonishing, Sid. Um, From the very beginning, from George Washington on, at the time of the Revolution, the Americans had this great, like, love for the Jewish people. Now, of course, not every American did, and there was prejudice, and I guess, here and there. But as far as the leaders of the country, as far as the religious uh, denominations, uh, as far as uh, um, major, the players in the country, there was a great uh, love for Jews. George Washington after he was elected president, um, he sent letters to the Jewish congregations in America. There were seven at the time. There were about 3,000 Jewish people in America at that time. The Jews, every one, supported the American Revolution. They gave everything. Um, They had businesses. They gave the businesses, the money, ships they had, all to the American Revolution. George Washington's um, aide-de-camp was a Jewish man, lieutenant colonel was Jewish, his personal physician at Valley Forge was Jewish. Um, and so George Washington issued these letters, and they were called the letters to the Hebrews. And in one of them, uh, the one to, to Newport um, in Rhode Island, he said he, wa- he actually said that uh, the same God that created, uh, that, that saved the Jewish people from Pharaoh, and established them in the promised land is the same God which created the United States. He made a direct link between the God of Israel and the creation of the United States. And then he said, blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord. He was quoting Psalm 144. Um, This is unprecedented if you think of the Europeans 
and how they've rejected the Jewish people, and they try to make a distinction like between the God of Israel and whatever God they have, and the Muslim nations. Uh, the United States was founded with this tremendous link to the Jewish people. And then George Washington wrote another letter, and he quoted from Micah, uh, the prophet, chapter 4, and he actually said, in quoting these scriptures, that he wanted America to be like um, the Messianic reign for the Jewish people. He wanted to be such a blessing to the Jewish people. So this is how America starts, Sid. This is the birth of America, different than really any other country. And it continued from George Washington, really, all the ways up to today. Uh, this unique um, uh, fellowship, this unique bonding between America and the Jewish people, and then leading into Israel. John, give me some specific details of why America is so blessed because of their connection to the Jewish people. Well, Sid, um, after George Washington, and we get into the period before the Civil War, uh, there were Jewish mayors in, in cities in the United States. There were Jewish senators. There were ambassadors, uh, Noah Malachi, for example, he was appointed as uh, the ambassador to Turkey. We had a, a commodore, Commodore Uriah Levy. Uh, he commodored the Mediterranean fleet. He was uh, a Jewish man. We had Jewish generals in the American uh, army. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And this is unprecedented when you look at, we'll take European history. Uh, the Jews were always suppressed. They were kept out of the government. I mean, the idea of a Jewish commodore in uh, the European Navy is, you know, foreign. Uh, Jews rising to the level of elected officials like senators is foreign to all these guys. Uh, how about take the Civil War? Were Jews involved there? Oh, yes, Sid. Um, there were seven generals in the Union Army who were um, uh, Jewish. No one knows this. <laughs> People are astonished when I tell them there were six known Jews who were Medal of Honor winners. Now, there could have been more. Uh, there could have been many more. But there were six that were known to be um, uh, Jews that won the Medal of Honor during the, uh, the Civil War. Uh, the Jews were an integral part of the Civil War. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, this is very interesting, in most countries... Um, they they have laws strictly aimed at uh, against the Jews. Uh, it came to Abraham Lincoln's attention that there were no Jews in the uh, no Jewish chaplains in the American army during the Civil War. So he petitioned Congress, and Congress passed a a, a law specifically allowing Jewish chaplains in the Northern Army during the Civil War, and that goes to show how unique. America is, because the vast majority of the countries made laws, uh, you know, uh, in prejudice against the Jews, but here we had a special law blessing the Jews. Tell, tell me a few more very specific facts of America's uh, a relationship to Jewish people. Well, um, in 1881, uh, Tsar Alexander II of Russia was assassinated, and this spontaneous uprising against the Jews in Russia took place. And I have researched this, and I can't explain why, because as far as I could tell, Jews weren't involved in the assassination of, uh, of the Tsar. 
but it happened, and literally the Jews heard they had heard about America in Russia. They call and they called it the beautiful land, America, and they said they didn't want to live in Russia anymore. And in mass, thousands and thousands just walk west to head to America and. Uh, the Jews in Europe helped them. Some citizens, especially in Germany, helped them. And this started the biggest, the big Jewish emigration to America. There were always Jews in America, but it really started in 1881. America opened up its arms. Every European country was closed to the Russian Jews. They were suffering. Yeah, you know, if there was no America, what would have happened to that massive Jewish population? Well, what happened was... Uh, in Russia, the plan was to drive a third of them out, to force a third to convert, and to kill a third of them. Right, let's jump a little bit because of the shortness of time. Uh, what about some of uh, the presidents like Roosevelt and Truman in relationship to Israel? Well, um, the, 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 great, the great president, there was two of them, um, Woodrow Wilson and Harry Truman, Woodrow Wilson said, this is not known in history. This is almost lost in history. The Ottoman Turks were going to slaughter the, the, the little embryo of the, Jew, of the Zionist movement uh, because they controlled Palestine at that time. There was about 50,000 Jews in 1915. Woodrow Wilson told the Turks, if you touch the Jews, we're going to go to war with you. Because the United States was not involved in World War One at this point, the the Turks backed off from from killing the Jews, and they allowed America to send supplies and food into these Palestinian Jews that were starving. Then the Turks said, "You must to the Jews, you must become Turkish citizens, otherwise we're going to kill you." And that many of the uh, Jews wouldn't. So the Turks allowed the U.S. Navy, specifically the USS Tennessee, to ferry thousands upon thousands of Jews, and including many of the, the leaders of the Zionist movement that eventually became the state of Israel, uh, to, to uh, Alexandria, Egypt, to be protected. The United States literally, and through President Wilson, stopped the Turks from destroying uh, Israel, what, what would have become Israel, in 1915. And then in 1948, Harry Truman, whose grandmother was a good old Baptist, and from when Harry Truman was a little boy, she put in him about the Jewish people from the Bible, that the covenant with them was still in effect, and don't you touch or hurt a Jewish people. And Harry Truman grew up with that. And in 1948, all his advisors said, but one, told him not to recognize the state of Israel for political reasons. They thought that the Arabs were going to kill him, and then uh, the, Israel would be destroyed, and then they, Russia would get a foothold. And Harry Truman, when, when Israel was declared a nation in 1948, it took him 13 minutes. 13 minutes later, uh, his spokesman came out and announced that the United States recognized the state of Israel, and that sealed the deal. Israel was legitimate. No country then could say it wasn't legitimate because of the prestige and the authority of the United States. That's just two examples, Sid, of how God used United States prophetically to bring about uh, the modern state of Israel. The second DVD is titled America's Fatal Mistake Regarding Israel. Uh, John, what is that? 
Well, Sid, the fatal mistake is disobeying God's word, not believing in God's word regarding the nation of Israel and attempting to divide the land and especially, especially Jerusalem. This is forbidden in God's word. Joel 3, paraphrase for me. Uh, Joel 3 basically talks about uh, judgment coming on the entire world uh, for several reasons, and one of them is what they have done to the Jewish people, and the second one is they've divided the land. So God is going to judge the nations on how they handled, they dealt with the Jewish people, and also what they did with the land of Israel. Did they try and divide it? Did they try and divide Jerusalem? That's how serious this is to God. Uh, You know, tomorrow and the next day, we're going to deal with the shortest book in the Bible that is so filled uh, with what is going to happen to specific nations. It reads like today's news, and you've got amazing revelation in that book. But there's one scripture in Obadiah, and that's the book, that I think summarizes everything we're saying. It's Obadiah 1.15. What does that say? Well, Sid, Obadiah 1.15, you're right. It really applies to the to today, and it says the day of the Lord is near. There's the key to it. The day of the Lord is near uh, upon all the nations. All that you have done to Israel will come upon you. So, and God, that's gonna God's gonna bless or curse people according to how they handle Israel as the day of the Lord draws near. Uh, you know, if I was to come up with one word to describe what's going on in America. That one word would be division. We have division in so many arenas. We were talking earlier this week about Chick-fil-A. Uh, there's division o- over what happened there. Uh, there's division uh, in, in race relations. Uh, there's division in between the Democrats and the Republicans. There's even division in the church over Israel. Uh, as a matter of fact... There are many Christians that believe that the church has replaced Israel. Uh, there are many Christians uh, that, that believe under the New Testament, God has a love for every country, but no special love, no special emphasis on Israel. What would you say to those Christians? Well, Sid, um, I, I, we are going to address that in these DVDs that we're making. But in Romans 11, very simply, regarding Israel, it says the gifts and calling are without repentance. And that the God, the, gen, the, the Israel, is a blindness in part has come on Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. God is going to deal with Israel again, just like he did in the Old Testament. Um, and it's clear in Scripture. It's absolutely crystal clear. Well, to me, if you just read the newspapers, you have to ask yourself a question. Why is a tiny nation the size of Rhode Island in the center of the news worldwide all the time? Why does every modern-day president try to divide the land of Israel? Uh, In other words, it's everything started at the first coming of Jesus in the land. And as you study Scripture, 
everything is focused in the last days in the land of Israel. Uh, I don't get it when some Christians say Israel isn't any more special than another land. Uh, But I want you to explain briefly the tie-in that you've seen uh, the fatal mistakes that America has made with Israel and then the judgments that have occurred. Well, um, it starts, it really, I can give you the date. It starts October 30th, 1991, with George, President George Bush Sr. And the fatal mistake was he looked at Israel as any other nation. Um, he looked at Israel and Jerusalem, for example, as Great Britain and London and France and Paris and Russia as Moscow. And uh, this was after the first Gulf War. And he wanted to create a comprehensive peace in the Middle East. And it became known in history now as the Madrid Peace Plan. This was his baby. This originated in George Bush, the President of the United States. And he literally forced Israel to the peace table with uh, the nations around them, and including the Palestinians, uh, the object was for Israel to give up land. And there is that dividing the land that Joel chapter 3, verse 2 warns against, and Obadiah verse 115 warns against, uh, with good intentions, I'm sure, uh, but with unbelief and ignorance of the Bible, uh, he started the Madrid peace plan, and that is the day, that, that's, that's America's fatal mistake, getting involved in dividing the land of Israel. And we've suffered terrible, Sid, from that day to this. But you know what's so unbelievable to me? Not the hundreds of cases uh, of when there's gross sins, such as coming against Israel, almost the same day uh, there's a either an economic judgment or or a uh, a hurricane or or, or, or some uh, stock market crashes some horrific thing happens within 24 hours that's amazing to me but i have to tell you what's even more amazing is the guy that started it the first uh president bush uh, that what happened to his home well that's that's how it starts it's it's almost like from a novel. Uh, he is in uh, Madrid, Spain, initiating the speech. And while he was in Madrid, Spain, a uh, freakish storm, a hurricane had formed. Now, this, this is mind-boggling. In the North Atlantic, off Nova Scotia, like on uh, October 28th, 29th, and hurricanes don't form in the North Atlantic, uh, and, uh, and especially that late in the year and in October. And it, 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 the weather patterns came, came together that only come together once every, according to the meteorologists, once every one, 200, 300 years. And it sent what they call a retrograde storm. Retrograde means against the way. Nor, the weather patterns in the United States are from south to north and from west to east. This storm came from north to south and from east to west. Well, how can that happen if that's not the way uh, a storm operates? I don't understand. Exactly. How, how could that happen? Uh, it, it's, it's extremely rare. Like the meteorologist said, this happens once every one, two, three hundred years. And while he... So all these ingredients have to come together for something like that to happen. That's why they have a book and a movie called The Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm. 
uh, odd weather patterns came together to create the perfect storm. So while the president is making this speech in Madrid, now this is not a day before, not a day after, or a week before, or a week after. On the very day he's making the speech, the perfect storm came uh, across, down the Atlantic Ocean, and President Bush has a home on Kennebunkport, Maine, which is a neck of land that sticks out into the Atlantic Ocean. And the perfect storm sent 30-foot waves against his home and destroyed it. At the very day, the very day he was proposing this plan, the Madrid Peace Plan, to divide the land of Israel, to touch the land of Israel, his own land was destroyed. Now, you have documented every time America has come against Israel within perhaps 24 hours, what has occurred and how often has it occurred? Everything you could think of has occurred. And you, you alluded to some of them earlier. I mean, we can tie in every uh, hurricane to this, to the day. Every time Yasser Arafat set foot on the United States, there were hurricanes. There were massive fires. There was massive floods. There was uh, stock market crashes. Always headlines. The headlines would be Arafat in the United States, the stock market melting down. Arafat in the United States, hurricane hitting uh, America. Um, Sid, it goes to uh, the greatest tornado outbreaks. The Joplin tornado, for example, in, in May of last year, um, directly connected to what President Obama was doing to Israel. Um, you name it, it happened as we touched Israel. And I believe God is sending out these warnings. He's warning America. You know, you're on, you've made the fatal mistake, and he's trying to warn us to stop. How many have you documented like this? Uh, over, a, over a hundred now, Sid. Well over a hundred. And, and what were you telling me about the, the FEMA website that lists the top 10 economic catastrophes uh, to hit America? Uh, how many were connected with Israel? Uh, nine, were connect, nine out of the 10, and the 10th one, Hurricane Hugo, was connected to abortion back in 1989. Okay, God's trying to get... What would happen if if you did something that God says don't do and your home gets destroyed, gets flattened? Well, wouldn't that get your attention? Well, what about nine out of ten of the worst economic disasters to hit America uh, having to do with Israel? Would that get your attention? Now, short of the Bible, one of the most important prophetic books I know was written by my friend John McTurnan. It's called, As America Has Done to Israel. I want you to get these three DVDs. It's, they're called, America's Fatal Mistake. It doesn't have to be yours. And the book, available for a gift of $45. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. In the midst of America making fatal mistakes with God, and let's call it for what it is, based on the Bible, not man's opinion, in the midst of these judgments that are coming as, as, as precursors, if you will, to the day of the Lord, the final judgment. Is there hope for, for me, for you, John? 
Absolutely, Sid. And uh, the hope is in God's Word. And as we've been studying this week and, um, and, and in these DVDs, stay anchored in God's Word, especially towards Israel. There are blessings. Genesis 12, 3. I, that blessing is still in effect today. Uh, I will bless them that bless you. Uh, speaking of Abraham and his seed, and I will curse them that curse you. And then in Obadiah uh, 115, which I believe speaks directly to the hour we live now, where it says the day of the Lord is near upon all nations. I, I, I want to go a step further. Uh, Obadiah says, as you've done to Israel, it will be done to you. Uh, but I want to go a step for, further on the blessings, because I believe that I am walking, and I can just talk about me personally, I am walking in supernatural favor. I mean, you could talk to my staff at this ministry. It is unbelievable the favor that God is pouring upon us, that God is pouring upon my family, that God is pouring in every arena of my life. And what have I devoted my life to do? To bless the Jewish people. What do do I mean by bless the Jewish people? The greatest blessing in the world salvation. There is no greater blessing than Jewish people coming to intimacy and having a personal relationship with the living God. And somehow I am being under a a, a fountain of blessings. John McTernan, is it my imagination or is it because of that single factor, Obadiah 115, as you have done to Israel, it will be done to you. Uh, it, Sid, you hit the nail right on the head. That, If you want to put one verse that that signals what my ministry is, that's it. Obadiah 115, to bless Israel, just and like you're doing. Uh, of course, the, if Paul said that we're to preach the gospel to the Jew first and also to the Greek, and that's what you're doing. Well, I also, I'm going to go a step further. I believe there's going to be such an outpouring of God's Spirit in the midst of the darkness. Uh, it's God's last mercy on the world, if you, if you will. But those that have it wrong on the Jew in Israel, those that feel that God has replaced the nation Israel uh, with the church, uh, those that are deceived uh, that uh, God is pure good with no justice, with no judgment, with no repentance, they're not going to move in the awesome miracles that are about ready to hit planet Earth. Only those that have it right on the Jew in Israel. And I, I have this within my very being. What do you feel about that, John? Sid, I'm in 100% agreement with you, and I'll take it a step further. Um, in my ministry, I, have, I do run into a lot of what we call replacement theology people, and what's happening in them, they have the sa- I see the same spirit in them as Muslims, that I see them using the same words, the same rhetoric, the same arguments against the nation of Israel. And I think that those, like you've just described with yourself and you know, the people that believe like you, we are going to be moving into greater and greater blessings with the Lord. The others that have hardened themselves, I see it, Sid, in my ministry. I see them lining up with the Muslims. I see God actually moving them like to 
have the same spirit, moving in, into the same camp as Islam, because they have the same spirit, the same hatred for Israel, the same rhetoric, uh, the same arguments. So there's a dividing line coming right in our midst. Uh, Even though in the church there's a dividing line on uh, what is known as the hyper-grace message. And what I mean by hyper-grace is grace is a biblical concept. It is a wonderful concept. And I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for the grace of God. But grace without repentance is not the Bible. It's the grace of God that leads to repentance. But if you leave out the repentance portion, then you don't even have the gospel. Well, you're absolutely correct, Sid. You're 100%. 100%. Grace and repentance uh, goes together. And I'm going to go a step further. I believe that because of the blessings of Genesis 12.3 and Obadiah one fifteen, that even if America is at war, God forbid, inside America, a thousand may fall at my right hand, 10,000 at my left, but it will not come near me. I, 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 I believe that those that understand God, those that have sold out to the kingdom, those that are walking in holiness, and those that are on the right side of the fence in reference to Israel, the greatest blessings that have ever happened to a human are going to happen to those people. Uh, Yes, and that's one of the things that I promote in my ministry is exactly what you said. Line up with God's Word, stand on God's Word, be a blessing to the Jewish people in Israel, and even if incredible judgments hit America that we can be blessed and protected because we've lined up with God's Word. My question to you, John, paint me a picture if America is successful in the direction they're headed, which is against God's plan for Israel. What will be the future of America? I've documented over a hundred what I call same-day occurrences of when the United States touched Israel and there was a disaster. Some of the most outstanding ones is when the Madrid peace process first moved to United States soil in 1992, Hurricane Andrew hit, the greatest natural disaster at that time. The following year, President um, Clinton made a speech uh, telling Israel it had to give back the Golan Heights to uh, Syria. Within 24 hours, the North... The Northridge earthquake hit. At that time, it was the second greatest disaster. Um, President Bush Jr. pressured uh, Ariel Sharon to, uh, for Israel to unilaterally pull out of Gaza. Right as the Israelis were pulling out of Gaza, Hurricane Katrina hit, which was the greatest uh, natural disaster ever to hit America. And then in 2008, President Bush Jr. was pressuring Israel to divide the land, him and Condoleezza Rice, and especially Jerusalem. Right as they were doing this, the, stock, the great stock market crash of 2008 occurred. It was a three-day crash. Both of them, all three, fell on the Jewish feast days, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, the Feast of Tabernacles. And then recently, uh, President Obama uh, was uh, 
talking to Prime Minister Netanyahu in May of 2011, and he said the American policy was for Israel to go back to the pre-1967 borders, of course, which means dividing Jerusalem. The very day he gave a speech to do that, the Joplin tornadoes occurred, the storm occurred, which arguably was one of the greatest uh, tornado disasters in the history of the United States. So, uh, I, I, you talk you talk about in your videos about the uh, Madrid Fault. Explain. Uh, it's a massive earthquake fault that sits in the middle of the United States, roughly from. Uh, Memphis up towards uh, St. Louis, and then it branches over and goes over towards Cincinnati. And it's massive, and it's, it's like the biggest fault in the United States. It's bigger than um, uh, the San Andreas Fault. And it ruptured in 1811 and 12. It, it rung church bells in Pennsylvania. It was so powerful. The Mississippi flowed backwards for a couple days. If that happened today, the very center of the United States would be cut in half. If that earthquake would cut the United States, um, all the roads, all the, uh, the, the uh, uh, fuel lines, all the electric lines, all the bridges would be literally cut in half. Now, what's the probability of that happening in the natural? Uh, it ruptures on an average about once every, the, the geologists have found this, you know, once about every 200 years. We're there right now. We're there right now about the time that the New Madrid Fault ruptures. So it's as if God is saying, you divide my land, the land of Israel, and I will divide your land, the land of the United States. John, I have never heard some, someone dwell on the shortest book in the Bible uh, and get so much information out of it having to do with what is happening at this second in history in the world, and it's called the Book of Obadiah. Uh, tell me what you found out from Obadiah. Well, you're right, Sid. It's only uh, 21 verses. Uh, they are power-packed. Hardly anyone teaches on them, anyone preaches on them. It's looked more like a historical book uh, than a prophetic book, but there's a verse in Obadiah which changes uh, the whole game in this, and it's verse 15. The day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall be upon thine own head. But the key there is the day of the Lord is near upon all nations. That's what makes this book so relevant for today, and the message of this book so potent for today, Sid, is that it takes it from being a historical book to the time just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Tell me some of the things that you found out that are like reading today's newspaper. Well, what's real interesting in it, it talks uh, about, if, if, if you understand the historical setting of the book, the first 14 verses, it talks about Edom, which of course is also the house of Esau. Edom and Esau go together. And uh, it talks about a curse that came on Esau and for what they did to the Jewish people and why uh, they were cursed. And it was because they hated uh, the Jews, because they tried to steal all the property of the Jews, and they were involved in and stealing that property, is the land, by the way. And also they were involved in killing 
uh, the Jews. Now, who is modern-day Edom? What people group? The uh, Palestinians. Because okay. it says they are cursed in, in Obadiah 1 through 14, but then Obadiah 15 jumps to just prior to the second coming of the Lord. This is a very important concept, because if, if you don't get this concept, you miss the whole thing. But if you grasp it, the book becomes a living reality. So you've got these first 14 verses laying out uh, these enemies of Israel and why they were cursed. Then the book jumps to verse 15, and it says that if you act like Esau did, like the Edomites did, it will happen to you. And then you get to verse 17, excuse me, verse 18. And it says, And the house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, and the house of Esau for stubble. And they shall kindle in them and devour them, and there shall be not any remaining of the house of Esau, for the Lord had spoken it. So what the Bible is saying here, Sid, is that the curse that the Lord pronounced um, 2,600 years ago would take place just before the day of the Lord, and that an all-out war, the way it was going to come about, would there be an all-out war between the house of Joseph and the house of Esau, and that none of the house of Esau would remain. That's what makes this potent, so potent for today, because right now we are looking at a, uh, the very possibility of an all-out war between Israel and the Palestinians, between Hamas, and then thrown in with that Hezbollah. I mean, this, this all-out war that Obadiah is talking about is literally forming as we speak right now. Tell me what nations, according to Obadiah, or areas, will be destroyed. Uh, that's a very good question. When we look at Obadiah and we study it, it talks about this all-out war, and then it talks literally about the geographic uh, boundaries of the nation of Israel after the war. And Israel is going to move east. Specifically, according to Obadiah, it's going to move east into what today we would call maybe parts of Saudi Arabia and Jordan. It's going to move east into Edom. And then it says Gilead is going to be a part of Israel. Now, Gilead is northern Jordan. Uh, it would be today all, uh, out to where uh, the capital of Amman is. And then, of course, that it's north up into where Syria is. So Israel, after this war... Jordan is going to be a part of it because Israel is going to move east. And obviously, I believe that this is also going to be uh, the Obadiah, excuse me, the Isaiah 17 war where Damascus ceases to exist as a nation. So Israel is going to move north into Syria. And then clearly, Obadiah says that Israel's border is going to be in, northern border is going to be in Zephyrad which today is a modern city in Lebanon, right where Hezbollah is. Uh, the, Obadiah, the prophet Obadiah, he actually pinpoints today where Hezbollah is in southern Lebanon and says that that is going to be a possession of Israel. So, uh, what is going to happen to all these settlements with the Palestinians, according to Obadiah? Um. What's going to happen is re always remember verse 15 in Obadiah. As thou hast done to Israel, it shall be done to you. 
your reward shall be upon your own head. Because the Palestinians will not make uh, peace with Israel, and Israel has tried uh, many times, but because they won't, the Hamas covenant is to destroy Israel. Hamas has made a covenant, and it said Hamas has been raised to destroy Israel. Um, and I believe Jordan is going to turn against Israel. Uh, because of that, this all-out war, none of them are going to survive. They are going to attempt to literally wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And what's going to happen is they are going to be wiped off the face of the earth. Well, that begs the question. <laughs> it looks to me like uh, uh, Iran is about ready to wipe Israel off the face of this earth. At least they're saying it. And at least they have the weapons, and they have the ability to uh, to transport these weapons. Will Israel be nuked? Uh, I don't think so, Sid. Uh, I think that the Lord is going to intervene one way or another and stop Iran, because uh, after this war, Israel is left standing. Um, in fact, when we look at other scriptures, like Ezekiel 38, because there's another war coming, Israel is extremely prosperous, and is at peace. So uh, I don't not. I think that co because of that covenant that God made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob over the land, uh, God is going to protect Israel from uh, any uh, nuclear weapon that Iran. Uh, what's What's going to happen to Egypt? Um, Egypt is going to be destroyed. Uh, this caliphate that's forming now, right in front of our very eyes, in Egypt. But well, wait a second. Now it's the Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, that has control of Egypt, and uh, they're friends with our administration. They, they're invited to the White House. Uh, Sid, that's very sad. What you said in light of Bible prophecy is frightening, because you're correct. Um, the President Obama and Secretary of State Clinton are doing everything they can to promote and uh, put the, the Muslim Brotherhood in power, and the Muslim Brotherhood has made it clear that their goal is to create an Islamic caliphate with Jerusalem as the capital, not Cairo, but Jerusalem. And the United States of America is, has done everything they can to put these people in power, that their goal is to destroy Israel and to make Jerusalem a, the capital of a Muslim caliphate. Okay, that begs the question. What's going to happen to America? Uh, not good, Sid. Uh, it's not good in light of all, I call them warning judgments, that has hit America since 1991, uh, promoting an Islamic caliphate. With the, with the, with now, the, when you say Islamic caliphate, describe what you mean. Uh, a caliphate means pan-Islamic union. Uh, that's what a caliphate is. It's where all the Islamic like tribes and nations get together to form a union. Is that what I is that what Psalm 83 is talking about? That's very that's a very good question. Psalm 83 talks about a confederation of nations and a caliphate definitely would fit a confederation of nations that comes against Israel. Uh, Psalm 83 and Obadiah tie together and in the DVD teaching I do that. I tie it together and show how Obadiah and Psalm 83 is the same, it's talking about the same incident. Well, you know, I wish we had these DVDs in every home because you have maps and you show the modern day names. And I, I mean, it'll be like reading next year's newspaper today. 
And imagine the wisdom you would have if you knew what was going to happen in the world just before it happens. In your opinion, John, uh, is there any, any chance at all that uh, Iran will end up being nuked? Um, that, well, what happens when we understand the prophetic word is Iran survives this war, but its military machine to destroy Israel with long-range missiles, planes, and uh, weapons of mass destruction does not survive because uh, Iran is in league with Russia in the great battle described in Ezekiel 38 and 39. So Iran survives, but its military capability to destroy Israel does not survive. When you are reading the book of Obadiah, what is going on inside your innermost being in your spirit? Well, Sid, what a, the book of Obadiah is such a warning for the hour we live in. Literally, this little book is for the very moment we're alive, and the warning that is in this book, do not touch the nation of Israel. Be a blessing to the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. It leaps off the pages. It's just exploding off the pages, and it's right for today. I, I have to urge everyone that's listening to us right now to get these three DVDs. It's America's Fatal Mistake, subtitled, It Doesn't Have to Be Yours. Maps, it explains from the Bible exactly where we are, where we're going. It's the clearest presentation I have ever seen. Now, short of the Bible, one of the most important prophetic books I know was written by my friend John McTurnan. It's called As America Has Done to Israel. The three DVDs and the book available for a gift of $45. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.